This is Undaunted Life, a man's podcast. I'm your host, Kyle Thompson. Let's get into it. Our guys got a special episode for you today because this is not on our normal schedule, but this is a follow-up episode to episode 152 of the podcast, and that was called Normalizing Pedophilia, LGBTQ plus P. So if you need context on this episode, make sure you go back and listen to that one. It's a short one, but you can just get an idea as to kind of where I'm going with this. But we were basically talking about the California Senate Bill 145, and we were talking about the Netflix movie Cuties. So you probably heard heard about cuties because it's been talked about all over the place. I'm sure all your friends on Facebook and Twitter are talking about it. But since we've recorded this episode, right, which was before the release of the movie and whenever the Senate Bill 145 was sent to Governor Gavin Newsom's office, that has since been signed into law. So California Governor Gavin Newsom signed this into law. So essentially, you know, an accurate way of portraying what's happening is we are lowering the penalty for people that are having a sexual relationship with a child. There's a lot more nuance to it. I get into that in the last episode. So if you want more nuance, go to episode 152. I even have a link there so you can read the Senate bill so you can see what was signed into law. But that's not really what we're going to be talking about today. Because when I recorded episode 152 of this podcast, the Cuties movie, the Netflix Cuties movie hadn't been released yet. Okay. All that we had seen were the, uh, the original description and the original marketing, marketing pictures and photography and the, uh, the, the posters and all that. And now we've got the film and here's the deal. I've not watched the film, which I will get more into later because uh, again, I don't really want to support a film that depicts things that, that does in that film. But the clips that I've seen of this film are way worse, way worse than I or really anyone expected based on the original image and description, because the original image and description were enough to really kind of deride what was being propagated by Netflix and being put out there by Netflix. But the clips are absolutely terrible. And and I'll put some in the show notes here because again, and I kind of had a moral quandary about whether or not to even do that, because I know uh, this could potentially be a stumbling block for some people, but hopefully there aren't any pedophiles listening to this podcast because I hopefully have scared you off a long, long time ago. But the clips were basically showing these girls uh, doing unbelievably sexually explicit dance moves, right? There's a lot of scenes in the movie that depict that, which you would guess from the original picture that you saw, the original poster that you saw, you're seeing these girls in these skimpy costumes. These are 11 year old girls dancing very, very seductively. But when you see the clips of it, it's, it's unbelievably uncomfortable. It's incredible. And, and rightfully so no one should feel comfortable watching stuff like that. But there's other scenes where, uh, the main actress in the film, again, 11 years old, uh, takes a picture of her vagina in the film. And I think she sends it to somebody. Uh, there's a girl that finds a used condom outside and she doesn't really know what it is. So she puts it up to her, her face and, and blows it up and like turns it into a balloon. And one of them shoves it under her shirt. So she, she looks like she has big boobs. Uh, but really it's, it's the dancing and the, the seduct- seductive dancing that we see from these girls. And it's like, I'm even getting tongue tied because I'm just thinking about these images. And it's like, maybe I shouldn't have watched that because it's just burned into my brain. Like, why would anyone think that this is okay? And even to this point, uh, you may have seen this over the weekend that there are congressional Republicans that are looking into doing an investigation of Netflix for the distribution of child pornography. Um, now you might be thinking to yourself, this is maybe all for show. This is just something for them to, you know, this is red beet, red meat for their base or something like that. But at the end of the day, we have to kind of look at this for kind of what it is. And it's not the child pornography that you might be thinking of, you know, when people go away for having child pornography on their computers, but it's really not that far off from that. 
But the thing about it, and again, there's not a whole lot of things in this country that people can agree on right now, but there has been a lot of universal condemnation of this. And there were a lot of people that took to social media, people that you know, and people that you don't know, basically saying that they've canceled their Netflix subscriptions. So if they hadn't canceled it before the movie was released, just based on the original image and description, now they're going to go ahead and cancel their subscription over cuties. But the big one was this. And I, I say big one because it's gotten almost 200,000 likes and, and, you know, she's a, a fairly prominent figure, but former 2020 Democrat presidential candidate, Tulsi Gabbard, you know, if, if you're not familiar, if that name sounds a little bit familiar, she's been on the Joe Rogan podcast. She actually did an episode with Joe Rogan and Jocko Willink. I didn't find her to be a supremely interesting person. I kind of wish during the episode with her and Jocko Willink that she would have not talked as much, but you know, she gets a lot of pub, you know, she did really well in some of the debates. She's kind of been pushed out by the democratic establishment. So she's an interesting character to say the least, but she tweeted tweeted at Netflix, right? On the 11th of September. And this is exactly what she said, quote, child porn cuties will certainly whet the appetite of pedophiles and help fuel the child sex trafficking trade. One in four victims of trafficking are children. It happened to my friend's 13 year old daughter. Netflix, you are now complicit. Hashtag cancel Netflix, unquote. And so I retweeted it because as soon as I read that, it's like, yep, I I can get on board with every last bit of that. But then I got a text from a buddy almost immediately. He's a buddy that spends a lot of time on Twitter. And this is a friend of mine. I'll leave his name out of this because, you know, he may listen to this or some people may know him and I'm not trying to throw him under the bus when he's not here to defend himself. But this is a buddy that I've talked to. We are in a text string and we talk all the time and it's mainly about sports or just random memes. It's just like nonsense stuff. And he basically came at me and I'm not going to read, you know, the transcript of of that, but he's like, oh, Kyle, please don't tell me you bought into that QAnon right-wing conspiracy that the Cuties film is for pedophiles. And this was like late on a Saturday. I'm like, wait, wait, what? And then I basically was telling this guy, I was like, please tell me that you have not bought the line that this is a social commentary on the sexualization of children. Please tell me you haven't done that. And then for the next half hour, hour or so, we're just going back and forth on this text. And I'm like progressively getting more angry, which I try not to do in those types of situations. I try to remain calm so that I can be really, really sharp in my responses. But essentially he was thinking that this was just a big conspiracy and, you know, he hadn't watched the film, but he was getting on to me for having not watched films. Like, well, you haven't even watched it, but you know, you're going to be making all these comments about it, which we'll go more into that later. But he somehow thought that this, that, that the QAnon conspiracy right? That what QAnon is, is somehow the story about this entire film. And for those of you that don't know what the QAnon stuff is, I don't know a lot about it. I've heard it being mentioned, but apparently it's this incredibly fringe group of people that believe that the United States is being ran by pedophiles and that that's part of the whole sex trade and part of the whole thing about human trafficking. Like, and, and that's about the extent of what I know. I don't spend a lot of time on 4chan or 8chan or Reddit or any of the places where these people would go and congregate, but that's kind of the conspiracy. And somehow people have convinced individuals that this entire thing is a conspiracy. It's a figment of your imagination. This isn't really a pornographic film. This isn't a very, this isn't a film that, you know, pedophiles are going to enjoy. It's all in your head. Right. And and then even Slate, uh, there was an, I don't remember the name of the guy that wrote it, but Slate wrote an article where it was basically saying that conservatives have a creepy obsession with cuties right? Basically calling all, out all these conservatives for their unbelievable views and they just don't understand art and blah, 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 basically coming to their defense. But the thing is, is as I've thought through this, there's kind of two most common comments from the defenders of the cuties movie, because you can find them. Just go to Twitter and you can type it in there and you'll find people that have written articles that are defending what we've seen in this film, defending the clips, defending even the original artwork. But the two things that people normally say are this. Number one, well, you haven't even watched the movie, so how could you even know? 
That's the first one. And the second one is this is all just an overblown reaction to the botched marketing campaign. So let's go back to the first one. Well, you haven't even watched the movie, so how would you even know? Here's the thing. The overwhelming number of people responding to and defending or responding to and defending and deriding people on both sides of cuties haven't seen it, right? That, that was a really bad way of saying it. Essentially, most people have not watched this film, right? There, there's not a whole lot of people that you know. You may not even know someone that's actually sat down and gave an hour and a half or two hours, however long it is, and watched the film. You don't know anyone, okay? But for those outraged and critical of the film, that is completely okay. Because what we've seen so far is sufficient enough to call out this film for what it is. It's pedophilic pornography. That's what this film is. Because there are pedophiles all over the place that spent a lot of time watching this film over the last several days since it's been released. Okay? But these people that haven't watched the film but are defending it, did you not see the pictures? Did you not see the clips? Do you know what you're defending? Because to the people that say, I shouldn't be able to have an opinion on this because I haven't watched the film, you would think that would be a good response, but it's really not. Because you don't have to have witnessed the evil with your own eyes to know that evil has been done. And that's true for a lot of cases. Guys, I wasn't present for the Holocaust. Like, I wasn't there for it. I didn't see it go down. But I've seen enough evidence to suggest that it was evil and morally wrong, regardless of what message the Nazi party was trying to communicate. Right? I wasn't there when Ted Kaczynski was making bombs and sending it to people because he was trying to send a message about, you know, technology and about the world and all those different things. But I've been able to read a lot of people that that knew about this situation. I know that one of the lead investigators that found Ted Kaczynski is a buddy of mine that lives here in Oklahoma. I know enough and I've known enough from people that have been a part of that to know that what was being done in that situation by that man was evil. Because the biggest differentiator here, guys, is that. In this case, we've got the movie poster. It exists. We've got the clips. It, they exist, right? I mean, you can't continue to go say, oh, well, you haven't watched the film. That doesn't matter. You think it matters, but it doesn't. And the second common thing you hear is, again, this is all just an overblown reaction to the botched marketing campaign. So again, we had the original picture, which show, showed four 11-year-old girls all striking incredibly sexually seductive poses. And then we had the original description that said this girl, she's, you know, bucking against the conservatism of her Muslim family because she's, you know, wanting to explore her femininity by joining this twerking dance crew, right? You remember that, right? But guys, just ask yourself, do you honestly think that there wouldn't have been backlash if the poster hadn't gone viral? Because that's, that's the thing that everyone's claiming, you know, two weeks ago or however long ago, the poster was released. Everybody freaked out on the left and on the right conservatives, liberals, most people freaked out when they saw this. And then the movie comes out and it's like, oh, you're just riding that tidal wave of backlash. That's all this is. Do you honestly think that this film could have been released and not gone viral? Let's say the poster was never even released, right? So no one even knew cuties was coming, right? And then you get on Netflix. It would have taken one person to watch this film on Netflix, not really, not realizing that it's not some sort of coming of age tale of this 11 year old girl that's being, you know, unfairly uh, in this authoritarian environment with her Muslim family or whatever, then that would have went viral anyway. Someone would have found that and been like, oh my gosh, did you see this movie that Netflix tried to sneak in on their website or on their app, right? Did, did you see this? This would have gone to where it is now regardless, but the, the public was just ready for it. 
because we had a couple of weeks to be outraged just about the picture, just about the description, and then the movie came out, right? But here's the, here's the thing for people that are defending this movie, and this might even be helpful for you. If you're having conversations with people that are actually defending this movie, regardless of if they watched it or not, there are four important questions that you need to ask the people that are defending this movie. The first one is this based on the widely circulated clips that everyone's seen by now and the posters from cuties. How exactly is this film a social commentary on the sexualization of children? Because that's the point everyone's making, right? That this film is about the over-sexualization of Western children and all that. And this is just a commentary on that. Okay, great. How? How? Look at this movie poster and tell me how this is a social commentary. And that's it. Can you please watch these clips, these unbelievable clips of these girls dancing like strippers, right? Wearing barely anything. And touching themselves and touching each other. Can you please explain to me, make it, make it so easy that even I could understand how this is a social commentary, because guess what? They can't produce an answer aside from the statement. That's all they can do. And the statement is, this is a social commentary. So you ask them, well, how is this a social commentary? Well, it's a social commentary. It's obvious. That that was my buddy that he and I were arguing back and forth. He's like, you know, Kyle, just watch the film. It's obvious. This is a guy who hasn't watched the film, but he's like, just watch the film. It's, it's obviously a social commentary. Like you'd have to be dumb to not know that. Well, then why can't anyone explain to me how it is a social commentary? The second important question that these people defending the cuties movie need to be able to explain to you and give you an answer for is would you have allowed your 11 year old daughter to star in this film? You know, assuming you had an 11 year old daughter or even someone that's in that age range, because I asked that to my buddy that was, you know, going all scorched earth about this and saying, you know, this is all conspiracy. He doesn't have an 11 year old daughter, but he has a son that's very close to that age. And I said, buddy, if you had an 11 year old daughter, would you have let her star in this film? He said, probably not. But isn't that so interesting? Wouldn't you, if this was just a social commentary of the sexual, on the sexualization of children, which most people would agree is absolutely abhorrent behavior, why wouldn't you want your daughter to be a part of that? Your daughter's part of a revolution. But isn't that interesting that he thought it was okay for someone else's daughters, but not his own? Interesting. The third question that you need to ask these people is, do you know what the director slash writer of this film's motives were for making the film? Because all we've heard since this, this whole backlash broke is that again, it's a social commentary. Oh, well, this is just a social commentary. Oh, well, if you had seen it, it would have just, you know, you would have seen that it's a social commentary on the sexualization of children. It's not the sexualization of children. It's a social commentary. Again, we've heard that over and over and over, but back in January, the director of this film, and I I apologize. I can't pronounce her name. It's like part French, part, you know, African. It's really hard to pronounce. So I I don't want to be disrespectful and and mispronounce the name. So the director was asked in an interview with the rap about what the film was about. Right. And so I'm going to actually play a clip here of her answer. And you might be interested to realize what you're not hearing her say. So really pay attention to her answer when the interviewer asked her basically, what is this film about? Why did you write it? Why did you make it? So here we go. The question is, uh, should we um, have the right to choose which women we can uh, be in uh, this uh, world? Um, In our culture, um, you know, even today, me, (laughs) I can say I'm not totally free. 
because I love to sh to wear um, short dresses, and at the same time, sometimes when when I go to the uh, religious ceremony, I I wear the veil as well. So just shoes as a woman. Which, uh, who, who do you want to to be? So there you go. I mean, shout out to Matt Walsh at the Daily Wire because he's the one that put that clip out there because you can't really find this interview. And isn't that so interesting that I bet you a month ago you could have easily found this interview, but now it's kind of buried because when the interviewer asks her openly, just open-ended question, what is this film about? That was her answer. Did you hear anything about a commentary on the over-sexualization of children in the West or growing up in a repressive Muslim household and how that leads to these ideas about sexual... Did you, did you hear any of the social commentary in there? Because, guys, I'm going to provide the interview to you later uh, in the show notes. You can listen to the rest of the interview. The interviewer basically has to serve up the, oh, this is a social commentary on sexuality for, for children, right? Like, that's what this is, right? And she's like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Essentially, yeah, that's kind of what it is. But when you're asked the question in an open-ended fashion, that's the answer that you get, is the answer that she gave. And so when people are trying to imbue motives on this woman, like, oh, no, 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 she's trying to do a social commentary. She didn't even say that. You're saying that. And all the defenders of this film, that's all they're willing to do over the last several weeks is to explain to us, us simpletons, that they know better than we do right? If we just knew like they did, and if we saw the world as they do, then we would understand, right? So you got to get an answer to that, to the defenders of this film, is do you know their motives? And then show them this clip. This is what she said when she was asked a direct question. And if you think I'm taking the clip out of context, that's why I'm providing the entire clip to you. I think it was like a five or six minute interview. It's there in the show notes. Show it to them. You got to get an answer. And the last one here is this, is how far are you willing to take the quote-unquote social commentary argument to the defenders of this film? How far are you willing to take that? So let's just say that I believed that, you know, the people that made cuties were doing it because it was a social commentary on the sexualization of children, which I don't. I don't believe that. Could you have missed the mark worse than they did? The, the makers of this film, could you have missed the mark worse because as you've heard the argument said over and over by now, you can't provide a social commentary on the sexualization of children while sexualizing children. You can't do that. That's not how this works. The main reason or the main other corollary or anecdote that people will use is like, okay, well, can you do a documentary on gratuitous violence and how horrible it is for people to view that while only showing gratuitous violence in the film? Regardless of any other points you're trying to make, it's not making the point that you think it's making. It doesn't mean what you think it means. But again, how, how willing are we to take that argument? So let's just use their logic. For the sequel to Cuties, should they actually show an adult male penetrating one of the female actresses with his erect penis as a social commentary to inform all of us rubes on the dangers of adult males that penetrate female children with their erect penises? Yeah, if that's a little bit outside the bounds for you, I'm sorry. You know, uh, you know, apologize to your children that I said that in front of them. But is that the re is that the way we're going? Oh, it's just a social commentary. Is it though? Where would you draw the line? Because to the people defending this that don't even feel comfortable enough for their children to be in the film, they're somehow going to tell me that I don't understand. I seem to understand just perfectly. 
And it seems to me that you have perhaps a seared consciousness in this area that you can't even see that film, see the artwork, see the clips and respond in any other way than, oh, it's just art. Is it? Is it just art? How far are you willing to take the argument though? What would make you uncomfortable if you saw it on film? I'd be very, very curious to know. And so all this is to crescendo to this point, which is, yes, if you're listening to this podcast, if you're still this far in, yes, you should cancel Netflix. And I know I've talked about before, even somewhat recently, that I'm kind of uncomfortable with boycotts because a lot of times they don't really work. It doesn't really make a lot of sense. You're you're just kind of making noise. And if you post it on Facebook, that seems to be the only reason that you've done it. But I canceled my Netflix. That's exactly what I did. And it's because of this film. On the reasons on the website, when you go to cancel the subscription and they give you a bunch of choices and they give you other, I said other, and I had some not so nice things to say about the cuties film, just to let them know, even though no one's really going to read it. Because guys, if you don't draw the line at child sexual exploitation, I've got news for you. You don't have a line. Because the thing is, is all this time I've had Netflix, I've been able to ignore the wokeness and I've been able to ignore some of the BS messaging of their films. I've been able to ignore and just not pay attention to some of the things that are so far left wing. You know, I just don't really buy into all that. You know, I'm watching, you know, movies that I, that I don't own and I'm watching some documentaries. I watch a lot of documentaries on there and all that's, all that's fine. But this crosses the line guys. It 100% crosses the line. So for me personally, I'm not going to speak for you. I draw the line at things that aid the sexual fantasies and slake the sexual lust of pedophiles. That's a pretty damn good line to draw. If you're going to draw one, you might as well draw one there. But guys, we, we do need to talk about what you canceling your Netflix subscription actually does. Okay. Cause there's some things that it does. And then there's a lot of things that it doesn't do. So the first thing is this, is that Netflix won't miss your business but that doesn't matter because guys, the the last published numbers I was able to find is Netflix had just under 183 million subscribers. And that continues to go up. This is not going to ruin this company. In 2019, their revenue was over $20 billion with a B, $20 billion. So if a few thousand or even tens of thousands of conservatives, you know, family oriented people, you know, cancel all their subscriptions. It's not going to make a dent for this company. They're not even going to notice it when they do their quarterly releases of their numbers. Like no one's going to be concerned about that. Even if a hundred thousand people got rid of their subscriptions and put it for the reason of cuties, it's not going to matter. It's going to be overwhelmed by the number of people that have added Netflix during that time. They won't even feel it. And you know what? Frankly, they probably would appreciate the free press. Again, it's not really about how they're going to feel about it because you can't affect them. Your 10 bucks a month or whatever you were spending on Netflix, if you think that, oh, I'm really going to show them, I'm going to cancel my subscription, they're not lamenting it. So just, just be real about that. But a reason why this is important, right? You know, why canceling what your subscription actually does is it provides you a talking point and, and maybe even a teaching moment for your children of all ages. So when they wonder why Netflix is no longer available at home, This is where you step in, dad, and you have a conversation. So I can't talk to my four-month-old son uh, about this, but this will certainly be something we talk about someday. But this was a moment 
for my wife and I to sit there and be like, hey, what kind of family are we going to be? And I'm embarrassed to admit that I, I got so busy and had kind of forgotten to cancel it that my wife kind of knew all this was going on. And she's like, man, I've seen a lot of people post about this on Facebook. Like, is this really what's going on? Are we canceling our, our Netflix? And it's like, yeah, honey, that's exactly what we're doing. And we're in the middle of some shows and there's some things that we thought we were going to watch in the future. So doesn't matter. And this gets to the last point, which is basically the entire point of this podcast, aside from the fact that, yes, you should cancel your Netflix, is guys, you get to make a statement about what your family is and is not about. When you cancel your Netflix subscription, if you decide to do so, you're making a statement. The Smiths are about this, right? The Thompsons are about this. The Williamses are about this, right? That, that, that's what you get to say. Because there's certain things in this world that that's okay to kind of ignore. Because guys, I've said before, you can't be outraged about everything. There's not enough hours in the day and you just don't have enough energy to be outraged about everything there is to be outraged about. That's why you shouldn't feel too bad if you don't give to every charity out there because you don't have enough money to make sure every charity has every dime that they could want to go after their cause, right? This is a big one. The sexual exploitation of children for the benefit of pedophiles, that's worth it. Abortion, that's worth it. Sexual enslavement, human trafficking, that's all worth it. This isn't some sort of fringe issue. And hopefully throughout this podcast, I've given you some tools to where if you have some people in your life that are pushing back on you on this, trying to tell you that you're just a conspiracy theorist, oh, you're just a QAnon person, oh, are you far right now? No, you're not the one with the problem. They are. All right, guys, before we let you go, we are going to do a quick resilience boost. As you know, by now we are a men's ministry and our mission is cultivating manly resilience. Specifically, we do that by providing stuff like this podcast that will help you forge spiritual, mental, and physical toughness. So for today, guys, I'm just going to warn you right from the top. It's graphic and disturbing, but I have three different clips. So if you don't have Twitter, I don't know if you'll be able to see these, but I found three different people that had clips from the film. So if you want to watch the entire film and that's what you feel like you should do and you want to support it in that way, just so you can know, hey, you go ahead and do you, but you can kind of get a sense of what is in this film by these three clips. But again, they're graphic, they're, they're disturbing, and I'm not sure you'll be able to forget them quickly. And the last thing I got for you is the, uh, the interview that the director of this film did with the rap. And so you can actually watch the entire interview. It's at, it's at the very, very top of the webpage, and then you can read through the rest of it there. All right, guys, thanks so much for listening to the podcast. I really do appreciate it. If you would, please subscribe on Apple Podcasts, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or Stitcher, and refer your friends to listen and share this on social media. Guys, if we deserve a five-star review, please leave us five stars and let us know why you like the content. I'm currently booking speaking engagements for the remainder of 2020 and the beginning of 2021. So if you want me to come speak at your team, at your men's event, on your podcast, whatever, hit me up, info at undaunted.life. The email is info at undaunted.life. The website is www.undaunted.life. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at undauntedlife or facebook.com backslash undauntedlife. Check out our free devotionals on the YouVersion Bible app. Just search Undaunted Life under plans. And as always, we want to thank the band August Burns Red for allowing us to use their entire music library for our content. The intro outro track on this podcast is our song Defender, which is off their latest record entitled Guardians. The links are in the description. I'm your host, Kyle Thompson. Remember, keep cultivating manly resilience. Keep forging spiritual, mental, and physical toughness. Keep seeking the Lion of Judah. I need